0: Hi, I'm Alex Kaola, and you're listening to Intuition Calling, the podcast designed to help you self-actualize. My background as a corporate leader turned professional intuitive and executive coach has provided me with a ton of insight into the process of understanding human potential, growth, and the pursuit of our calling. I believe that in order to navigate our path with confidence, we have to strengthen the resonance of our intuition. So that when it calls you, you're ready to answer. Each episode, I answer your questions, either solo or with another intuitive leader. You can write in with your questions to me on Instagram at High Priestess of Brooklyn. Now, let's start our call. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Intuition Calling. It's me. Al, and let's talk about astrology today. So, you've already heard me ask every single guest their sun, moon, and rising thus far. I will continue to do so. And I'm going to tell you why that's so important to me. But I'm also going to introduce the question from the community as fast as I possibly can because it will set us up for the content today. So, Nabel asks, how do I know if an astrology practice is right for me? And look, astrology is a very very ancient divination tool. The thing that I think is really interesting as you zoom out in astrology is how old it is. Like it was actually a divination method from the 2nd millennia BC. And I do teach astrology 101, so I know <laughs> I know that fact. Um Like the back of my hand, it actually started in Mesopotamia. Those were the first earliest recordings of people trying to understand what was going on in the sky. And what I think is helpful to know is that humans have always tried to understand ourselves. We're meaning making creatures. As soon as we could write things down, we were like, what the fuck is going on? And, and if we can see it in the sky, great. If we can see it in cards that we make, great. If we can see it by throwing um, some bones, great. If we can see it by, like, you see where I'm going with this. We've always had some form of divination as a human species. So that just right off the bat, I think is helpful when you're thinking about it from a very, Um, from the self-focus just know that you have come from a lineage of a human lineage of trying to understand what's going on around us and what's going on within too so in a there's a very famous astrological phrase called as above so below so basically the idea that what's going on in the sky can help us understand what's happening down here on earth and and the constant act of co-creation with the universe. So the reason why astrology has been so helpful for me and why it's so helpful for many people is that, and it, it goes in stages, I think, and I've heard it explained like this, and this really resonates with me as, as far as astrology goes. It starts with self, understanding the self, really diving into things like our birth chart, really understanding you know, the big three, like I ask every guest, right? Then once we feel like we have an understanding of the self, we can start to orient to the other. So once we know, okay, here's what a sun, moon, and rising means, here's what the signs mean, you can start to diagnose everybody in your life, (laughs) I don't want to say diagnose because we're not doing this to label anybody or put them in a box or like, you know, judge them. We're doing it to understand them. And I think that's a very different lens. It's like the lens of discernment versus judgment, like we talked about with Kiari. And it also, by understanding the other, then we can move into the understanding of us into the world. Like what is our purpose? That's the third layer of understanding in astrology. There are things we can look at in individual charts. That's when we look at transits and things like that, things that are going on in the world. And so astrology really has this multifaceted, layered approach. And it doesn't really matter where you start, although I do think it's easiest to start with self because you can map it to something. You can map the information that you're learning about signs, about the planets, what those represent in your chart to your life. And that's a very important lens to just the application of this information. So I'm going to walk us through a little bit of, let's just say astrology 101 and this is really the self-practice because that's what our friend is asking about today. But it's also why I love asking every guest, what's your sun, moon, and rising? And hopefully over time, you're going to start to get a little bit more understanding just through this, these actual people that are talking about how they orient to it and more understanding about what this means and, and the other. So... Astrology, again, like I said, started in Mesopotamia as soon as we could start writing things down. So astrology started in the second millennia BC and it uh, then started to spread. The cool thing about astrology is that there are numerous different systems and fields of study. So essentially what happened back uh, back in the day was that astrology went and took a Western approach through Greek and Hellenistic um, approaches. And then it went Eastern. And that is more what we know of today as like Indian or even like Chinese approach, um, Vedic astrology. So it sort of broke into these two camps and I think you can see the main differences are like how we name the planets and the planets in the western approach are the planets as we know them to the way that we name them so like you know Saturn named for the god of um, uh, agriculture in Roman tradition and there's I, I think that would be a 102 but just like what each planet is named after and um, they're all based on Greek and Roman gods and goddesses. So that's sort of like the Western um, language that we know of and we hear a lot of um, and probably what most of you have have heard of. So um, within the different um, fields of study, there's also different house systems. So the house systems just if you're looking at the chart, they bifurcate those houses differently. Um, So there's whole sign, there's Placidus. Those are the two main house systems in um, particularly modern and traditional astrology. And they just, it depends on where the chart starts and then how each, again, house is um, fractionally divided up into 12. So again, like I do think it's just helpful to lay the land a little bit, set the table, although we're not going to go into the, um, main differences or like deep dive into those today but just so you know when you're looking up your chart and you're pulling um, the information and it can look different depending on the house system you're choosing so uh, channy's app for example uses whole sign Um, astrocharts.com or astro.com is using, um, Placidus for the most part. A lot of astrologers do use, I I see both camps now. I think Chani is like the most famous who uses whole sign, but, um, many, many astrologers use Placidus too. And, um, there's also modern and traditional, which I mentioned within, um, the Western approaches. So modern approach uses all of the planets after, um, modern telescopes were discovered. So that's Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, even though Pluto is technically a dwarf planet now. In astrology, they're very important. And traditional uses just up to Saturn because that's what we could, that's what we can actually see in the sky with our naked eye. Not always, but that is uh, the difference there. So 1800s is basically when we got Uh, modern approach which is cool so let's talk a little bit about the different language in astrology just to orient so we have planets that's like Venus and Mars and Mercury we have luminaries the sun and the moon because they light up (laughs) and each are representative of a different facet of our life We can also use the term placement to express or point to a particular area of our chart. Like we can use that for the rising sign. We can also use that to describe the sun. We can say like this placement. So sometimes we use those interchangeably. Um, The sign is how a placement will express. So how your rising sign expresses, how your sun expresses or manifests is really dependent on the sign. And then the signs are divided up into different elements and different modalities. So we have fire, earth, air, and water as different elements. And then we have um, cardinal, fixed, and mutable as modalities. And those are... I think when you're first learning the signs, those are such helpful pieces of information to have, because you can start to say like, okay, you can you can start to orient. And elements are things we know, um, and modalities. Once I explain them, you'll know too. So the signs are um, the fire signs are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. They are action oriented. They're associated with the wands in the tarot deck, if you know tarot at all. And they are really orienting to the world in movement. Earth signs are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. They are concerned with the material resources, the earth, the, the things that come from the earth. And they're quite tangible air signs, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, and they are, they rule the intellect. Oh, sorry. I should back up. The earth signs are related to the pentacles in the tarot deck. I always do that. I always like forget one aspect of it. I'm not going to chastise myself. You know what? There's a lot of information. This is, you're following along, right? Okay. So, um, I also really like to teach astrology and tarot together. So that's partly why it's hard for me to bifurcate them. But anyway, so the air signs ruled, um, they rule over the intellect and they're associated with the swords in the tarot deck. So anything communication related, um, conflict related, the air signs have that. The water signs, they are indicative of emotions. They're concerned with emotions, the emotional well being, and fluidity. They are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And they are associated with the cups in the tarot deck. And they are all oriented very to to a different, in a different way to life. And they have their particular perspectives. Odds are you might have a mix of these different elements, maybe in your big three, but definitely in your chart. Like, we really have all signs represented in our chart, which is why it drives me bonkers that people start to discriminate each other based on their signs, it's particularly their sun signs. It's like we literally have all these aspects represented in our charts. So, we really have to use these systems to love one another and have compassion for one another. And it starts with the self, you know, and the modalities are the constitutions of the signs. So we take all those elements and we divide them up into, um, cardinal fixed and mutable, like I said. So the cardinal signs are, they have each element represented in them and they start the, they start the seasons. So, I love to think about cardinals as um, like the way that a season is heralded. So Aries opens spring, Libra opens fall, Cancer opens summer, and Capricorn opens winter. And they also all have um, the equinoxes within their seasons. And so that's a really also helpful way to think about it. Um because they're opening the season, they also like to kick off in general and they're in whatever, a project, um, an idea and, um, a a workout. (laughs) Um, they are going to start things. And again, like you're going to have multiple different, um, most likely of these constitutions set up in your chart as well. So just keep that in mind. Um, Like you might have a cardinal rising, but a fixed sun. So fixed signs are Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, and um, Aquarius. So every element is represented there too. And they are the signs that like to sustain things. They like to be the glue or the anchors to take something that got already kicked off and ground into the importance of it they are very concerned with sustainability and that has its place right especially if you think about I'm always thinking about like the dynamics on teams and the dynamics between one another like we need both and then finally we need the mutable signs who come at the end of a particular cycle and they are Gemini Virgo um Sagittarius and Pisces and they like to connect the dots in their particular ways but they will notice like let's say it's Gemini notice the words that everybody used before and then be able to weave that together in a lovely way um to bring things together to notice inequities even to edit things and to bring communication forward. So if you think about this as like a team, um, let's say we have an Aries, we have a Taurus, and we have a Gemini. So the Aries is gonna say, hey, here's what I think our marketing campaign should look like. A Taurus will say, cool, um, let's look at the key dates, let's look at what needs to be expressed, let's look at the plan. And they work back and forth on that. And they maybe bring in Gemini to say like, hey, what are we like? How should we communicate this to the team? Um, What is the content that should actually be expressed here? Um, Are there any is there anything we're missing? Do you have any questions? Does this stuff bring up anything? Do we have all of our ducks in a row to drive the call to action? Like, you know, that we need all. Facets represented, and I think that's the coolest thing to see in your own chart like the communication that you have, even between these placements in your big three, but in you know the whole chart. And you have numerous different planets and placements to look at. And as you go further into astrology, kind of learn more about. And then, um, the houses so the houses are like I mentioned, uh, they divide up the wheel. Um, And essentially that's just a snapshot of the sky either at the time of your birth, which is what a birth chart is, or it's the snapshot of the sky as uh, we look at it in the night sky now we have all sorts of apps and stuff to look at this holistically. And so we just need to divide it up into 12, um, sometimes equal parts, but depending on the house system you use, they can, they can also be like bigger or smaller. Regardless, it just helps us to understand like, okay, what are we looking at and how are we orienting these placements to particular facets of um, our lives? So the classic formula is the planet or luminary is what the sign is how and the house is where and that helps us to interpret the chart I'm going to say it again placement is what sign is how and the house is where and then we interpret and there's so much more t- to it that is a very that's a gross oversimplification but especially if we're just talking about sun moon and rising and we're sort of separating them out that's how we'd look at this and i'm actually not even going to touch houses because i also think you need this visually to be able to truly understand it i also teach a course that is available for purchase online that has 12 just like the houses, modalities that go through all of these in further depth. So you can learn the houses, you can learn each placement, you can learn um, things like your chart ruler and more about your rising, your sun, your moon, but also more about um, really all the placements in your chart, essentially, and then relationships between those signs. So, you know, what does it look like when you're looking at your north node and your south node. And then we layer in the houses and how those um, that soul journey is representative in your chart and how we can look into that. Like we do have a ton of information that we can glean from the chart to help us orient to our lives. And especially if you're in a position too where you're like, I'm not sure if astrology is right for me, just think about it like this. If you think it's helpful to get to know yourself better in any capacity, given a life transition, given a um, a job transition, a different identity season in your life, you can definitely learn something about yourself through astrology. And I know it might seem intimidating because it's a brand new, potentially a brand new way to orient to the world, but I promise because our world has hit such a tipping point in astrological content, you're going to get what you need as far as information is concerned. There are all sorts of free resources online too, to just take like a divine rabbit hole or two every day. And just think of it as like, I mean, the person who asked the question even said like, it's a practice it's new. It's going to take time for you to like even land and learn. I'm constantly learning about it. I love astrology for applying, um, what it is I I'm trying to help a, let's say a client with like, let's look at the chart. If you're having trouble with communicating your vision, um, for your business to your audience, like let's look at your mercury sign. If you're not totally sure what your website should look like and it's a personal website, let's look at your Venus. What are you going to appreciate? What? How do you orient to design? What? Um, yeah, what do you want to put out there? What's important to you? So there's all sorts of ways that you can kind of orient this information and apply it to your life. So once you start to just play around, like I would really just look at it as with curiosity. And um, it ends up getting so fun as you start messing around. So I just want to talk about the rising, the sun, and the moon, especially because I ask every guest, and I can't believe I haven't told you guys yet like why I'm doing that or what these even mean. Um, I know that they're buzzy terms, and you've probably heard them at least a little bit. Um, the rising sign is the one that you need to have your birth time, at least an approximate to know because it was the constellation at the Eastern side of the horizon at the time of your birth. So it's also known as the ascendant. It's representative of how you move through the world. And think about it like this, like you were literally born into the world through that constellation So you get like imprinted with that in this understanding or orientation of astrology, you get imprinted with that constellation. So in many ways, like that is a huge factor to understanding yourself. It's like how, what's your lens for everything? How do you orient to the world? What's important to you? That we can all see through your rising sign. And even like something like a podcast interview, right? Like the people that I've I've interviewed a bunch of Capricorn risings thus far, and I myself am one too. Like just look, at, look, notice what you notice about me, Kiari, and chemo, and like how we want to ask questions, what we want to know about, um, how we're thinking about the world as we know it. We tend to all. Like structure things. So for answering a question, we want to orient to the system. We want to like take it a little bit back and give you some like bullet points. Um, we potentially want to kick off new thought, and that's a cardinal sign thing, right? We potentially want to kick off. Um, we want to give you resources, right? That's an Earth sign thing. So if you think about also the rising sign as kind of what comes across of people that like just as you get to know them or maybe as you start to experience them, that is so cool to know. So if you're trying to get to know somebody on your team or maybe sometimes you notice like a little bit of friction with someone, odds are there's a rising sign component to that and they might not be totally aware of how they're coming across or how they're orienting to the world. So, um, let's say it's a Virgo rising. My husband's a Virgo rising. He is a natural editor. He's a maximizer. He likes to understand like what could be better about a situation. And that's just naturally how he orients. If I didn't remind myself of that, like truly every day, (laughs) as I often do, I think I would have a hard time sometimes orienting To how he's orienting because it can sometimes come across as negative like why do we need to look at the lack it's everything's great I'm a satisfizer if you're familiar with that term it's a psychological um like categorization of how people make decisions maximizers like to have all of their research lined up pretty in a bow and they think that that helps them make a better more informed decision by like knowing everything they can and doing a ton of research like hello Virgo and satisfizers are like ah, I need like this that and the other my criteria is small if I see three cars let's say I'll just make a call on um, what I which one I think is the best that's presented to me. So like my husband and I, when we went to look for a car, like he did all the research leading up to it, which honestly was really nice. So thanks babe. And, um, and then he felt good with making like a quick decision based on, um, like what, like driving one of those vehicles. Like, I don't even think we needed to go test them all because the first one we saw like hit the right price, hit the right, um, like, we wanted an SUV and we could get like leather seats or something. And, and it was like, I was like, cool, done. Like, I don't really care. Um, had I cared more about the brand, you know, I would say like, maybe let's go to Jeep, but we got a CRV. Like it's a practical, not sponsored, but it's very practical, respectable. You'll see like a million CRVs. You pro- maybe, maybe you have one out in the world. Right. Cause it's just like, it's good. It's a very good option understanding the rising sign is really helpful. Then we have the luminaries. So that's the sun and the moon. Um and they the sun is the sign that you probably know of yourself already and that's how we shine. The sun is literally in the sky shining during a whole season. Um it the sun is in a particular constellation for like around 30 days. And that is like your personality, kind of what you're interested in, um, what you might, what people might say are your great qualities. You know, they might notice that about you as they get to know you. Um, you know, this is a, another one where, because you're hearing the information potentially all the time, you've probably oriented yourself a little bit more to your sun sign than any other sign. And part of that is because you do have those qualities of that constellation or that sign. And part of it, I think my theory is due to confirmation bias. So if you've been hearing that you're a Gemini since you knew what the signs were since you were 10, since you knew what astrology was, you can orient to that more and more and more and start to lean into more and more and more about the qualities of that sign. I talked about this recently and I put up um, a video about it because um, my friend Carly, who I will have on the podcast is a Sagittarius and we did her birth chart and she was like, I don't know Al. like, I know I have a lot of other signs. I know I have a lot of Capricorn, but I just still feel like a Sagittarius girly. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can get on board with like these other things. And you know, that just takes time to kind of reorient to these other signs that you're learning about, which are potentially very different and something you've not oriented to before. So your son, you probably know it already. You've heard more about her. And, and then your moon is your emotional center. So the moon, I like to say it's like who you are in crisis or celebration, like that deepest knowing of you, the deepest self. And the moon is so helpful to understand because it helps you understand how you're going to process your what you're going through. Who are you when no one's looking who, what do you care about when you're alone? Um, how do you want to recharge even? And that can be a game changer. It was a game changer for me. Um, I have, I've, I've talked about my placements before, but, um, I have a moon in Scorpio. I, I have a sun in Gemini and a, and a rising Capricorn. Um, Gemini I definitely feel, you know, I'm communicating right now. I love, you know, to have conversations, all of that. But just orienting only to that sign when I had these two very other and many other facets that are very different in my chart, it just never fully made sense to me. And potentially the people who do feel like there's some conflicting feelings about their son maybe have learned about astrology faster because they're like, what? I don't know. And then they're like, oh, there's a whole chart. Oh, there's other planets that kind of help round out my personality or show me what I care about. Oh, and then more of the understanding unfolds. So your moon um, really helps you, I think, like with that deepest self-love. Like really, truly having this compassion for how – and some even say like your moon sign is how you show up when you're a child, um, or like, you know, those emotional outbursts that you have, or like the way that you experience emotions, um, can come out with your moon sign. And like, for me in Scorpio, it's very intense. It's super different than the way I orient to pretty much everything, um, which is like Capricorn and Gemini, right? Like, But my Scorpio moon happens to be in a public setting in my chart in the 10th house, which we're not going to get into houses today, but like that's the top of the chart essentially. And so it is a facet of my personality that I show to the world actually, like emotional depth and intensity and, um, you know, intuitive, my intuitive knowing, like all these things I kind of do show those deeper parts of myself, I think. Sometimes I even hide in vulnerability, which is a little bit of a mind fuck, but you know I deal with that in therapy. So, <laughs> um, oh, the other thing that I can mention that's kind of cool is way the way you might orient more to your sun or your moon if you were born at, in the day or night. So, if you were born during the day, you might orient more to the sun. The sun would be in the top half of your chart, meaning the the top houses, so from seven to twelve. And if you orient more to your moon sign, it's most likely because you were born at night when the moon was at the highest position in the sky and therefore in your chart or vice versa, whatever. You get what I'm trying to say. Kind of cool, right? So if you think about like I orient a little bit more and I do feel like a little bit more like I'm even wearing my Scorpio pendant right now and people are like, aren't you a Gemini? And I'm like, yeah, but I feel like a Scorp. It's why I collect a lot of Scorpios, I think, because it's just like what I put out there. I think they're like, oh, I can I feel safe with that bitch, you know, and I truly like to lead with that intensity. It's not for everybody. And um, know that if you meet me at a party, we're going to get right into things. <laughs> so avoid if you definitely don't want to go there. Do you know what I mean? Um, But yeah you might like that might be really helpful information for you to know um it is very helpful information for you to know i think that was one of the coolest things i learned about too like oh that's why i orient more to my moon sign um so without i think i explained a lot of things here um especially as the car starts revving outside maybe you can hear it maybe you can't but did you know that I live in New York? <laughs> it's loud here. It's loud here. Um, so we talked about a ton and that will hopefully give you this really broad understanding of astrology, the sun, moon and rising to help you orient to all the guests that are interviewed here on Intuition Calling. I'd like to give a little bit of a Synopsis when I hear people's signs. So stay tuned for that too. And you'll definitely hear yours at one point. Um, Capricorn Risings, I have really, really come through for y'all. Again, it was not totally my intention, but I've interviewed um two. So out of eight get or out of seven, five, um, that's a high percentage. I swear I will spread the wealth, but hey, that's how it works sometimes. So That is a little bit more about how astrology can be your self-practice and help you learn and appreciate and understand and have compassion and love for you and everyone around you and eventually can help you orient to what you're here to do. So definitely let me know if you have questions that arise from hearing this information. Again, if you want to go further, you can learn from me specifically with my foundations course that is linked in on my website under courses. Um, It's definitely an overview. We also do human design a little bit and we do some past life stuff And we have a lot of fun. Um, We also do tarot. So tarot is the next divination language that I want to tell you a little bit more about, probably in an upcoming podcast. But if you're wanting to get started now and you have a deck, let's say, or you've always wanted to buy one and you just want to learn, the way I teach astrology is through using the archetypes that are present in a tarot deck. You don't need a deck, but it's helpful to understand just sort of like goddesses and gods and like those again like personality tropes and archetypes that show up in our society over and over again they weave their way into these divination languages because that's just how us humans are we have we we love to make meaning like i said of everything so i hope this was helpful for you Again, if you want to ask me questions, please reach out to me on Instagram at high priestess of Brooklyn, and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please consider subscribing and or writing a review on the platform you listened on. And if you know someone who would really benefit from this episode, please share. All resources discussed will land in the show notes along with our socials and until next time, talk soon.